And we're back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tversky Tuesdays. I'm your host, Hanani Abraham. I appreciate the feedback and the uh, different comments people have made. Again, you can reach out at koshercounseling at gmail.com. We are in the middle of going through uh, the area in the book from Dr. Tversky. The area is called a trick mirror when we are unaware of our own low self-esteem to even know uh, what we should be thinking about for our happiness. And when we have a situation where it's hard for us to just live with ourselves and be with ourselves, and the story Dr. Torsky was talking about was going to these hot springs in Alabama and not being able to be by himself for more than five minutes. And when a person is able to be content with who they are, being without anything, without any distractions around us, and just being with our own thoughts can actually be a very, very pleasurable experience. So the last sentence we read was, I have found that many people harbor a hidden, erroneous, negative self-image. I once came across a story about a child who was raised in a home that had only one mirror. It was a carnival trick mirror that distorted the image. Every time the child looked in the mirror, he saw himself as a grotesque, ugly creature. Eventually, he avoided the mirror. I'm thinking of, you know, those like little fun houses or haunted houses we may go to as, you know, by a fear or by a county fear or something that changes your images completely. And the image can really have a big impact on our own self-esteem. I think that's what he's talking about here. Continues Dr. Torsky. When he grew up, he avoided contact with people because he knew his appearance would elicit reactions of disgust, which would hurt him deeply. He lived in an isolated hut, venturing out to get provisions only late at night when few people were around. One time the grocer asked him, Why do you only come so late at night? I never see you during the day. The man answered, I can't stand the reactions of people who will look at me. Reactions? What kind of reactions? asked the the grocer. People would be frightened, even revolted by my appearance. Why do you say that? the grocer asked. Are you trying to be kind to me? The man said, I know what I look like, and I know how people would react to a grotesque-looking person like me. The grocer replied, I don't know what you're talking about. There is nothing grotesque about you. You're a handsome person. Thank you for trying to make me feel better, the man said, and turned to leave. The grocer came from behind the counter, took hold of the man, and protested. This is simply crazy. I don't know where you got this nutty idea that you're a grotesque. Here, look in the mirror. No, that's the one thing I will not do. I've suffered enough from looking in the mirror. The grocer pulled the man over to a mirror and challenged him. Look, what do you see? The man said, I don't know where you got this mirror... That could change my grotesque features that way. Anyway, thanks for trying. Before we get to what the point of the story is from Dr. Torsi's point of view, I'm thinking of there was a recent video that was going around from Dove shampoos and body washes. Fantastic, fantastic video. And they had people describe themselves to a, police, uh, to a police sketch artist. 
and describe them so that they the sketch artist was hidden behind like a a wall and the sketch artist could not see the person they were talking to and they were have to describe themselves to the sketch artist and the sketch artist was just going on the person's word of how the person is describing themselves to know how they should be looking and how should they should be sketching the, the, the artist. They did a full image. The person did a pretty decent job. Then they called over a good friend or a spouse or a colleague of that same person that the picture was taken from. And they had that person also describe the person that was sketched to the police artist. After they did this with a number of people, they put both pictures side to side. And what they noticed was the people that were describing themselves to the sketch artist, in all the situations, they had a lower sense of image of how they looked than the people that they live with, their best friends, their sibling, their spouse, that described them in a much more beautiful, elegant way. And the pictures were side to side, and you knew right away Oh my gosh, that's the way I describe myself. And that's the way my friends or my spouse describe me. And in general, when sometimes the image that we see is not necessarily the image that we actually have because we only see ourselves a certain way. So it's important to have feedback. You know, something like I do either before or after each one of these recordings. I really look forward to hearing what people have to say about what I'm saying. I'm sharing information that I think could be helpful to others, but how am I supposed to know that it's really helpful for others? Therefore, I think feedback is very, very important. If you're in a relationship, feedback towards another person, for them and for you, I think is very important as well. And that's what this story, I think, is showing in a certain way. This person, because of what he looked at in the mirror, was so disgusting, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. But he also had no feedback. Now, obviously, you could question the story itself because we were the parents. And why, whoever this person is living with, why were they not showing this person properly? I think that's a separate part of what this parable is supposed to be. But continues Dr. Torsky. The story makes the point well. It was difficult for this man to achieve a valid self-awareness because he believed he would find only ugliness. He had SDS, Spiritual Deficiency Syndrome. People who have a negative self-image, whether they are aware of it or not, will behave as though the negatives are their reality, which may result in self-defeating behaviors and much unhappiness. I think that's exactly what we were just saying. A person has to be aware of what they're able to do, even if it means hearing from someone else or hearing how, how well and how good they are from someone else in their life. But that's how you can really, really see how a person is, is doing by getting that feedback from, from someone else. It is important to correct a distorted self-concept because the behavior due to low self-esteem may be self-reinforcing vicious cycles. For example, people who suffer from low self-esteem and who anticipate being rejected by others will often act in such a way as to precipitate the very rejection, re- rejection they fear. We have that all the time, like, oh, I'm not good in relationships, or I'm not good at this sport, I'm not even going to try. We're so afraid of rejection. We're so afraid of not being able to succeed in something that we don't even try in the first place. But I think the ultimate failure is not even trying. 
It's not a failure if you try and don't succeed. It's a way how we learn how not to do something and let's do it better the next time. The only failure is not doing. And when we don't do, when we don't have a situation where we're actually trying and going towards something, even if it's not going to work, that's where we have unhappiness. And that we're never going to be able to feel happy if we're not going to try. A classic example of this is TJ, who was a 21-year-old college sophomore. TJ was bright, handsome, and witty. 4.0 average. However, TJ's self-concept of, of, was the polar opposite of the truth. He thought of himself as dull and unattractive. When TJ met Carol, a student nurse, and he managed to build up the courage to ask her for a date. He was thrilled when he, she accepted, and they had a wonderful time. She accepted additional requests for dates, but as he grew fond of her, he began to be haunted by the, the feeling that, he would, that she would eventually reject him. Why would Carol be interested in an ongoing relationship with him when she could do so much better? Every time he called her, he anticipated being rejected. Surely this would be the time that she would say, TJ, I've been trying so hard to avoid hurting your feelings, but I can't see you anymore. Given the way TJ felt about himself, the impending rejection was a certainty. I'm going to stop over here for a second because I believe this is a very important point to make and how we should be going about our own thoughts and feelings. Um, there is something in DBT therapy called checking the facts. We are, in order for us to have a sense of reality, we have to get rid of our distorted thinkings. And this thing, that, oh, he doesn't like me or she doesn't like me. Okay, where are you getting that from? Is there anything there? By the fact that he's going on a few dates and she's liking it and they're spending a decent amount of time together, I think that says a lot about how a person is able to go ahead and feel. But if the reality is different, that's something that has to be checked. We have to make sure that the way we feel is, I guess you could say, in cahoots with what reality actually is. I remember having a very similar feeling myself, being in a situation where I was dating and going out with a girl that I wasn't sure if it was going to work for me. But when our second date was almost seven hours, I think I pretty much knew my answer, that why would a girl want to stay with me on a date for so long if we're not having a good time? End up not working out, but I think that concept of just knowing that, hey, checking the facts, does my reality equal up to what my thoughts are? And I think sometimes, like we were just saying earlier, that's exactly what having someone else in your life can do. Again, it doesn't have to be a spouse. It could be a friend. It could be a sibling, a parent, a guardian, a priest, a rabbi. Anyone that you feel can be of help to you to help keep you in check, that is something that can help a person with his SDS. We're going to stop here. I know it's the middle of a story, but I think this is a good place for us to stop. Contemplate where, we, where we're talking about today. And next time we will continue in this exact spot. Thank you again for listening in to my podcast. I would love to get feedback, questions, comments, critiques, constructive criticism. You can reach me at koshercounseling at gmail.com. Have a good day.